Unquote, yeah, I'm using the horror fingers. Horror podcast. I, we just want to make sure you understand that this is a, a, a podcast that we do horror things on. Yeah, yeah, no, I think a lot of people have realized well, that. It's by weird. Now. You, you, you'd I, think. You I mean, think. I mean, I, you'd think it would be about cooking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or, or like some, like, like, do we? Let's see. Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. I wonder what they talk about. Well, you know, I, I listened to the last episode, and I really taught me how to like. Uh, Retile my kitchen. Yeah, no, totally. We're good at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't talk about sci-fi. We don't talk about spirituality. We talk about masturbatoriality. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, guys, welcome to the podcast. Fantastic. We're very glad to have you. Uh, we just hit our our hundred views. Uh, or listens on our our oh, SoundCloud. I'm making a heart symbol with my hands. Dude, you know it's just those small little achievements that you make along the way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we thank you for that, guys. Everyone Fantastic. in the Horror Amino community on Twitter, on SoundCloud, everywhere. Thank you so much for listening. Fantastic. We love you, and we're going to be around for a long time. I'm around for a long time. <laughs> I'm just long. There's some very deep inside jokes going on right now, guys. So if you don't know, don't worry. It's okay. Everything will be all right. But how you been, man? I have been okay-ish. <laughs> I put in my two weeks at work. Oh, yeah. That's which is right. Good, which is fantastic because, uh, you know, I'm going to work a couple more days and I'm going to have like a week and a half to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to find a new job real quick. But uh, Yeah, well, it, you're going to find something way better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, fucking uh, Carnival Barker or Guy on Corner with Sign is better than what I did. <laughs> the end is nigh. That guy? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which I've never seen one of those guys on the side like in the movies they show, but I think that was just like an 80s. Uh, pretty much. I don't know. Who knows? But one of the other things that happened to me, which is fucking stupid. What? Oh, uh, uh, Christina was, uh, she had that vacuum cleaner you guys had. Oh. <laughs> this is so dumb. Yeah. She's, she's like, I don't know how to open this. And I'm like, oh, dude, let me help you out. And I fucking opened the can and fucking spilled over my fucking shoes. And, yeah. And, all and as more. I said online, I guess we know who's... Uh, Doing the vacuuming around these parts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you know that vacuum that you guys were trying to—you were looking at it, some sort of ancient alien artifact. <laughs> uh, while you were doing that, I well, no, but before you before you did that, I made Christina. She said, "What do you want for Christmas?" And I was like, "Uh, a vacuum." <laughs> and she's like, "What? Really? You want a vacuum?" I was like, "Yes." I, just I want fucking hate our floor. <laughs> she's like, "I just want, I just want something to suck." <laughs> Oh, and that one's a good one. 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I haven't tried it out yet, though. <laughs> no comment there. <laughs> but yeah, that was funny as shit, dude. It you was had pretty it all dumb. over your foot. I'm a dumbass. And then Christina kept apologizing over and over again. Oh, it wasn't, dude. She she should not have to apologize. It was, yeah, I know. It was I was your the, fault. Yeah, it was all my fault. Dude, I I, as soon as you hit that fucking button, I'm like fucking before stupid. you hit it, I was like. I was like, I should probably say something right at this moment. And I was like, nah, he's not that stupid. And then it was like, poof. <laughs> like, oh, he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyways, dude, what's up with you, man? What have you been up to? Um, well, I've been working on a remix. Oh, uh, yeah. For ADR. For uh, ADR, which is really, it's actually coming out pretty nice. I just let you hear it, actually. Oh, it's pretty good, man. Yeah. So. I had a semi-chub, full erection. <laughs> It's lighter. It's not Black Ops, but whatever. You know, like, I'm really into the synthwave thing, so that's doing that. It's pretty what cool. else did I do? Uh, we watched a shit ton of fucking movies. You watched a shit yeah, ton of Yeah, I watched a fuck ton. I fucking, I dropped the ball. I watched it. We did watch the Uzumaki one. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Which In is fact, cool. uh, a big thing that we have on today's podcast. Oh, for sure, dude. Um, bigger than Uzumaki is our, it's John Hale, who's here. He's going to be talking about the conduit. Which he has a Kickstarter project up yeah. right now. Super retro, super fucking practical effects. Everything you love about the 80s and beyond. What? Everything you love about uh, movies that don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And from a person who is pretty fucking awesome. But the interview yeah. is really great. So we're going to be playing that here in a little bit. Um, and then, of course, our subject that we got a poll for, mm -hmm. uh, which we did on Horror Amino <laughs> You got Twitter. a poll for it? Yeah, I got a huge poll for it. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I ran a poll. <laughs> For which subject we should do okay. last week, before yeah. we even aired Satanic Jamboree last last oh. week. And uh, it's kind of like evened out. We had I did it between Junji Ito okay. and Asian cinema, which is pretty broad. Yeah. You know, but it I've, I basically, there was more people talking about Junji Ito in the comments. Okay. Because it kind of like leveled out, like they were both yeah. like the same amount. If you took away my vote, because I had to vote to see what the results were, so I was like, "Well, I, <laughs> I can't had count to mine. vote. I didn't have yeah. a choice." Know. <laughs> but I did want to do Junji Ito, but That's so, cool. but I, I basically just picked Junji Ito, okay. so because people were more people were talking about it. Well, then so, let me say this before we get into it. Okay, I do want to talk about him. Totally fantastic. Uh huh. Uh, should I talk about the other movie I watch, or should I save that oh, for yeah. the other episode? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's do that in the beginning of our news. Ooh, the news. So we'll do our horror shots here, which we're going to be doing it real soon. Yeah, not yet. Don't do it. Don't do it. We have, well, we haven't imported, so we're... Well, Im imported. Just don't grab the bottle, Mike. <laughs> uh, Please, but we are yourself. sipping on some stuff here today, and we'll oh, talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna, before we do horror shots, I'm going to do a pre-shot. Oh, look at you. Uh, this is uh, Fighting Cock. We are the champions, my friend. See, I don't know if I like bourbon or just like cock. Yeah, <laughs> fighting cock. Fighting cock. This makes me feel like it's like you're not supposed to do anything with it. Yeah, <laughs> just. It's like no, stop! I don't want it. Just sit there and just look at it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna be sipping on some uh, Bacardi and apple juice. Yeah, we. What's one fifty one? We live here. We live large here. Live so. large. I live large um, in the pants. So I, I think it's about that time, Mike. Oh, dude. For a time for horror shots! <laughs> All right, so we have a special one, but you got to drink that first. Oh, yeah, I have this other shot I poured after first. this. Uh, he's drinking his whiskey shot, it's which a... Mike finished a half a fifth today while we were chilling all day. Yeah, well, I, I like my alcohol. Oh, I mean, we, we chilled for like five hours at least. 
So yeah, well, we had to watch a movie. Yeah, we watched, and we did yeah. a special secret special special secret special. Oh yeah, what what's that? Uh, our interview. Crack? Oh no! Oh, oh, oh I'm oh, sorry, oh, not no, that. Drugs. Never mind, guys. Oh, dr- drugs are bad. Don't do them. Yeah, don't do heroin. <laughs> don't ever soak a uh, fucking tampon with yeah. vodka. Or heat the bottom of a spoon, thinking that you'll. You're gonna fix things. Yeah, don't don't try to smoke banana peels because it doesn't work. Don't ever <laughs> tell your father that you never wish you saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm do this. Being dramatic. I'm doing the shot of a fighting cock. Okay, well, let's tell him what the fuck. Oh yeah, drink your shot, and I'll tell them what it is. Okay, <laughs> so we wanted to do something themed around Juji Ito. Ito. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But whatever. I'm trying. He uh, is an amazing uh, writer, and we wanted to honor him by doing something different. And since we decided to watch Uzumaki together, since Mike had not seen that. I, was, I suck. Yeah. Um, I figured we would do a shot called the Upward Spiral. Ooh. Or Upward Uzumaki, if you will. If it was the Downward Spiral, then it would be the Trent Well, Reznor. yeah, and that's the funny thing. I, want, I didn't want to call it the Downward Spiral, but what we have in this shot... Is probably enough to make us throw up. So I figured upward spiral, because we're probably going to puke it up. So, without further ado, what we have here. And Alex is grabbing the... Wait, is this mine? <clears throat> that's oh, this the one yours, I just shot you. Yeah. It's got my my AIDS on it. You don't want that. <clears throat> Give me your AIDS. All right, Alex, so this is what he's doing. I'm going to go the shot for shot here for the shot. <laughs> well, we first of all, we got um, 99 watermelons. Because that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. But well, well, uh, the Japanese like melons. Well, and the reason why we picked ninety-nine watermelons, and I probably did this out of order, but is we picked uh, our melon liqueur Midori, mm. which is a Japanese melon infused Ooh. with Japanese melons. Ah. <laughs> um, but we pick we picked that, and the kicker here is we got some uh, gekaiken or gekaiken. <laughs> We got some eight dollar bottle of sake. Yeah, it's the cooking sake. It, it's too. it's really good if you want to yeah, uh, to have no, diarrhea. For yeah, if you want to know what sake shouldn't taste like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's bottled, I guess, and made here in America. Yeah, so it's real Japanese sake. <laughs> well, the, the the it says on the back here. I mean, it says brewed in the USA. According to the process originated by Gaikan Sake in Japan in nineteen or sixteen thirty seven. Wait, according to the process originated by, is that like careful wording to like just oh. like completely confuse you into realizing that this is just bottled in America? Oh, it totally is. It totally is. They're like, wait, we'll just take them on a journey mentally and they'll forget what they've read. <laughs> anyway. Americans are stupid. Fuck them. <laughs> we were going to buy this like cool looking sake, but we were like, somebody had already opened it and we didn't want to get fucking roofy. Yeah, the, the seal was broke. Yeah. And uh, I had a condom once when the seal was broke. No, I just. And that's how I was born. (laughs) Mike's pretty old. (laughs) All right, so anyway, we're going to put this fucking shit in here. This is going to be disgusting. Yeah, it's going to be really disgusting. But I figure we'll put most parts. Most parts, uh, sake. Oh, God. I'm always... Oh. Don't, don't drop everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're going to knock the fucking table over. Fine! <laughs> Fine! There should be a game where, like, uh, people bet on uh, the episode whether or not I'm going to vomit after the shot. <laughs> you? I'm going to be the next one, I'm telling you, dude. Like, something bad's going to happen here. 
And now we're pouring in the yeah. 99 watermelons. This is going to be so gross. It is really going to be severely gross. Actually, you know, it probably won't. It'll probably be okay. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm going I'm to feel like a... We probably like a, should have chilled the sake or something. Eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't think something matters. Think? If you're an alcoholic, Mike... Like All me. right, and this is here the synthetic Midori butthole. <laughs> this stuff tastes nasty. It smells really good, though. It's good. Dude, like, like, I can see the 99 bananas, like, floating <laughs> on the top. It's a floater? This is Yeah, dude, it's, it's a floater. <laughs> We're going to have to do that for, like, a dead shot. You know what I mean? All right, so here we go. Let's take this shot, bitch. Don't think about it. Drink goes shit! I'm going to let him do it first to try it. It probably tastes okay. Looks like you're. Looks like you've been like doing a year of like math and you can't my, figure out like My taste buds just went on a like a confusing journey. <laughs> what is this? This makes no sense. <laughs> God damn it, man! Oh, you motherfuckers! That was weird. <laughs> my eyes were like, "What the fuck did I just put in my mouth?" <laughs> Your eyes are watering. I felt like at first I was like, "Did I just drink gasoline?" <laughs> like, what did I drink? <laughs> Dad, take me to the hospital. I drank some cologne. That's what it feels oh, like. I gotta, okay, I'm going to do this now. Remember when you got sick from that fireball, Mike? <sighs> oh. This is so close to it. Think about that fireball. Um, and focus your mind. <laughs> Don't laugh. Oh, you're swishing it around. I made him laugh, and he's swishing it in his mouth. I'm not swishing it in my mouth. I have to, like, drink it in chunks. Uh, oh, <laughs> Ooh, that made me almost puke. <laughs> there you go, who, who, sir. Who makes this stuff? Uh, not us. <laughs> but that's it, guys. That's it for Horror Shots. This just in on the news. It's the news. Here is the fucking news. <laughs> now there's actually a few things that are fucking nuts that I never really thought about. Okay. First of all, th this is take us into the news zone. Take us into the news zone. <laughs> take us behind the scenes. He's wearing like a newsies cap right now. Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna do a little dance. He's gonna hand out papers to everyone. <laughs> First off, this is nuts. I had no fucking clue this was coming out. Death Race 2050. Yeah. It's nuts. I had no fucking clue. And uh, Corman's uh, producing George it. George Corman. George. Roger Corman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's... And it looks super fucking retro. I think it looks fucking awesome. Dude, it's... I, it, I don't know if I'm like 100% sold on it, but I like the fact that they're doing the original version of it. Yeah. It isn't and then the what they did with that other British guy, and I can't think of his name. Yeah, the one where it was like a prison thing was fucking... Yeah, he was in the movies Crank. It was like a donkey dick. What's his name? Uh, Jason Statham. Yes! We got it! That's good! I have a brain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's not Jason Statham. It's a brand new one. Uh, Malcolm McDowell plays like the race leader or something. Oh, yeah. The race leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds really bad. Huh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like the, he's the grand wizard of the show. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Welcome to Beyond the Veil. Oh, my God. 
But anyways, it looks. I really dig it. It looks really retro, and I really dig on the original one. I yeah, it was really I think cool. it looks cool. There's a lot of green screen stuff, but they do do stuff outside. And I noticed it in the trailer. We'll post it in the information, by the way, guys. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, the the cars look like the original cars from oh, the original yeah, movie. For and they're sure, like dude. Really unique. It looked really cool. Just like absurd looking cars. I know, fucking. That look, crazy. you know, like like I remember in the original, I believe like the shell of the cars would always like flop around on some of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what did like Stallone have a fucking drill on the front of his or something? <laughs> Probably. And it was stupid. like bouncing around like a dildo. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so hey. what else do we have here? Oh my god! Uh, this one's actually kind of cool. Oh yeah, uh, Clive Barker, dude. Clive fucking, fucking Barker, man. Yeah, One of my yeah, favorite dude. writers, man. He's fucking phenomenal, dude. and director. He's oh, a good yeah. director too. And so. his fucking uh, his birthday. Yeah, he just had his birthday this last Tuesday. Mm. So like a day after our cast. Yeah, I think it was I, Tuesday, right? Something like that. If I don't quite remember, but around there. Yeah, we're real good about the news here, guys. We're, we kind of suck. We keep it. We keep you up to up to date. <laughs> but I I like that. Uh, I like that a lot of the stuff is like borderline BDSM. Yeah, you know, it, well, there is like I remember in what was the fucking Nightbreed one? It was called uh, something else. Night Nightbreed? No, it wasn't called Nightbreed. Anyway, I read the book. It's called the book. <laughs> I read the book, and uh, in the part there was a part where in the movie where he's like he's like in the jail and they have sex in the jail or something like that or he like rescues her or something like that but they have sex and they talk about the semen like going down his leg and or her leg and shit like it was like super graphic oh it's hardcore it was like close to porn like reading material (laughs) um but yeah dude he's that's awesome. I even dude. liked Weave World from him. I gotta, I gotta, I fucking, I've never read any of his work. I gotta start reading. Dude, it. I have some of his, uh, the comic interpretations that they did too. Oh, fucking cool. They man. did, uh, The Jihad, which was Nightbreed versus, um, Hellraiser. Hellraiser versus Nightbreed, uh, which was like three, um, three books, three volumes or whatever. Uh, and then there was Weave World, which was another comic book that they wow. did for that too. And I believe he also did. Uh, like a short story about this guy who could travel through time. He was like a super mutant or something like that. I think it was a Twilight Zone episode he did too for the the the, the comics. Wow. I don't know. It just like it dawned on me. I just thought about that. But yeah, he's done a lot of work everywhere, and some of his like smaller works. Like I like his short stories too. Like That's he cool, has. Man. Have you ever read the books called the Splatterpunk novels? I have heard of them. Dude, I own both of them. They're fucking amazing. That's crazy. Like dude. they were like some of the early reading. And they have everyone in there. Like that anybody that's like just like crazy horror. Um, but some of the stories that are in there got made into movies too. Anyway, happy birthday, Clive Barker. If you guys are fans, yeah, give a shout out in the Give comments. him a shout out. Dude, Anyhow. I gotta mention this one last thing. I sent you that picture. I was like, I shouldn't <clears throat> post this. <laughs> What, but what? I did a search for Clyde Barker. Was that a legit picture of Clyde Barker? I don't know. It looks like him. Uh, it could be. Anyway, it's not a big deal. We don't care. But I just, when you're searching for somebody and you see this, like, it's like one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> it was like all these happy, smiling faces of Clyde Barker, some that are like evil and fun, you know? Ooh. And then I like see this like naked dude choking out Clyde Barker. And I'm like, <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> You're like, I gotta save this. You couldn't post it f- fast enough because you had to wait to free up a hand. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was like, I should have better taste than this. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta check yourself, you know, at least here on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, let's get past All that. Right, Thank right. you, Clive Barker. Uh, we love you, brother. Fantastic. The other thing, too, this is, this is really interesting. I mean, 
this is not quite. It's it's weird. Like the the new Blade Runner movie. Oh yeah. Is uh is is I don't know if it's getting being shot finally or they're wrapping it. Right. But they released the title Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. And and this is what's fucking. Ryan Gosling is going to be in it, right? Yeah. Ridley Scott's directing. Yeah. Of course, the famous uh, Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't kill Blade Runner in this one, huh? <laughs> Daddy, I love you. He has a robot baby, and it kills him. <laughs> but what's interesting is that it's it's not Blade Runner twenty fifty or twenty fifty two. It's twenty forty nine. It's oh, it's, yeah. it's interesting that they picked a odd kind shortly of shortly in the future. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, still, I'm really looking forward to it. The fact that it's Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, I'm, I really, 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 really want to see what they're going to do with it. I think aesthetically it's going to be amazing. I hope I hope Fucking Ridley Scott's at the helm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Nothing, nothing will ever... He's going to make it look beautiful. Oh, I know. The thing, too, is, like, we've talked about remakes before and stuff like this and reimagining of certain films and whatnot. Right. Uh, when you get the original people together to make... A redo or oh. a, a sequel to the film? Yeah, that's the only way to fucking do it. Well, and I read Harrison Ford was more excited about this than even dawning on you know. I mean, I know he's had problems with Star Wars. He wanted to oh. be out of it after well, the first Star one. Wars for fucking dipshits. What's weird though, because like, he's <laughs> such an icon. That's a, such an iconic role. You mean Han Solo? Yeah, like I think in order of like public people that like yeah. iconic people yeah. that pu- the public thinks, I think that they go Han Solo. They probably go Indiana Jones and then Blade Runner, like in that order. Yeah, I think you're right. For popularity. Yeah. Not to say that Blade Runner isn't good or that his character in that wasn't good, but it's just like... No, I, I, I agree. I totally agree. But yeah, he, he actually is super more... He's more excited about the Blade Runner uh, sequel than anything else. Yeah, and I'm, I'm on board with that too because... Uh, I mean, like I said, I made a comment earlier. I'm not knocking Star Wars. I'm just not a Star Wars guy. Right. I'm way more into Blade Runner. Way more into Indiana Jones. Oh, well, just the aesthetic appeal. So what else do we got here? The next one, and this is actually fucking looks badass. And I wasn't expecting it. Uh, not only was I expecting the fucking film itself. Right. You know. Uh, just who's directing it. Yeah, dude. One of my fucking favorite dudes is directing it. Uh, it's it's a film called Get Out. By Jordan Peele. Yeah, and I fucking love Key and Peele. Yeah. They're so fucking badass. I'm kind of iffy. I'm like, I like their stuff. Like, I think I remember the one uh, segment that they did, the, the sketch or whatever the fuck it was, where he's, like, doing the dancing thing. And he's, like, dancing to this ridiculous song, I think is the same song that they do for the National Air Aerobics like the oh yeah, isn't and it the like same his, song that they do? Yeah, and then like somebody comes in and tells him his wife is dead or something. Yeah, <laughs> the, the guy that holds the cards, which is yeah. Jordan Peele, is yeah. like, yeah, your wife's dead. Oh no, it's actually fuck, it's Howard, Clint Howard, that's holding the fucking cards. Oh really? Yeah, he's in that. <laughs> Speaking of, we were talking about Evil Speak last uh, episode. Oh, you're but right, Clint dude. Clint Howard is holding the fucking cards, and <laughs> Key and our Peele is like fucking. He's like. It tells him he's like basically killed his wife and family or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know, man. I I dig it. It what, what's cool about them that I like is uh, they're they're not overly funny. Yeah. Uh, some stuff is pretty funny, but what they they're just very for me at least. Right. Uh, very heady, very intelligent. Like a, sure, a, it's a subtle kind of like dry humor sometimes. They are not overly funny. Like right. I do laugh when I watch the show, sure. but it's a dry humor. It is, it is. But I just I think it's kind of a uh, intelligent, kind of nerdy humor. Although I didn't like Keanu, 
it was it was okay like yeah, I know no. some people love it and some people hate it but it, it, like, we've I was somewhere in the, the middle yeah for me it was like one joke they'd stretched out over an hour and a half right yeah and it was it was okay but the thing is like I didn't hate it though right you know I want to see what else they're gonna do I'm excited to see this movie in particular this movie looks get fucking out. crazy dude. yeah get out it looks it, it looks like a thriller it's kind of like a, a drama thriller horror yeah I, I don't know if it's supernatural, although it looks like it has supernatural elements. I don't think it does, uh, because it's about this uh, girl who's married, or basically getting married to this guy who's a black guy, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, trying to go meet her parents for the first time, and he's, like, worried about going there, because, like, he doesn't know if her parent family's going to be, like, racist or some yeah, dumb yeah. shit, or, like, it's going to be awkward. And she's like, baby, it doesn't matter. Which really gets me. Because when things go sour in the trailer, like, how would your daughter not know that your parents are fucking weird? <laughs> you know, like, what, did they just turn overnight? You know what I mean? Like, how would she not know? I don't know, man. But either way, it fucking looks awesome. Dude, it looks fucking hardcore. And like I'm I said, excited. going back to the same thing, I love the director. I love what right. they do. So I'm fucking so stoked for that. I'm I wanna... really glad that he's kind of spreading his wings a little bit and doing oh, I know. something different. And, and not just comedy, but like, it looks fucking tough, dude. Oh, there is some jokes in there. Oh, there's got to be. Subtle jokes. Yeah, probably, like where yeah. he goes to shake, he's like, Zach, what's up, brother? And then, and, and then he shakes his fist. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, what the fuck? But anyways, I think that's about it for the news. Uh, yeah, that's it for the news, guys. Today we're not going to be doing new releases, by the way, guys. We're just going to go right into an yeah. interview with John Hale, who is directing a new feature, or actually a new short yeah, called dude. The Conduit, yeah. which is on Kickstarter now. We're going to go ahead and play that right now. Hey guys, we are here with John Hale, director of the upcoming short, The Conduit. Welcome to the show, John. Hell yeah, man. Hey guys, uh, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I listened to your last episode, which is the Hail Satan episode, and <laughs> I literally laughed so hard. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a great episode. <laughs> yeah, I was a, a little uh, tipsy on that one. <laughs> oh yeah, I could tell. I'm, I'm generally uh, <laughs> always tipsy. <laughs> Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the strange thing is, is we don't even, I don't even drink outside of it. That's the funny thing. <laughs> oh, dude. I, hey, dude, I feel you. Uh, so I do a couple of YouTube videos on like, uh, on a little, uh, we have a podcast called Powcast. And like, yeah. uh, everyone, everyone's like, oh man, your videos are so funny. And I'm like, well, that's mainly because I'm like drunk. And everyone's like, oh, well, you, you don't have to like drink. <laughs> drink we make your videos and i was like yeah yeah it just makes me feel like i'm being a little bit more like you know a little bit more like spontaneous but then if you really if you really read in between the lines it's me giving me credence to my alcoholism i think that's that's really what that means (laughs) that's great yeah actually i wanted to ask you about that i I didn't get a chance to really check it out but i see that you do it's a it's a geek inspired it's called powcast guys but yeah it's it's uh 
you do everything geek or is like what how do you guys do what do you do yeah, what's your um, thing yeah basically uh what powcast is is it's a uh bi-weekly well it used to be bi-weekly uh, i've been really comp i've been really uh consumed with the kickstarter here as of late but um powcast is a bi-weekly uh podcast it talks about everything uh in comic book and movie geek culture um we talk we say we do movie reviews we talk about specific books if you go back and check our catalog we actually did a shot for shot like you know review of the long halloween on halloween you know just keeping up with the nice. you know, theme right there and we talk about all the artists uh that go that make comic books and we even have a couple of interviews um one of the people who are actually uh contributing art to my kickstarter which is mr daryl banks who is the co-creator yeah i just Tom. saw that yeah, he's the co-creator of Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, and he's worked in D.C. and Marvel for like close to 20-some years. Um, we interviewed him, and he's been a really great friend ever since. And, you know, uh, we have a lot of cool stuff uh, that if people who love comic books and movies want to go check it out, totally go for it. Yeah, and he does, uh, he does ink and color, right? I yes, forget. he does. Okay. Yes, he does. His uh, his primary thing is he likes to do black and white because his black and white art is just absolutely amazing. But he yeah. has done he has done color work uh, before, so that's awesome. Yeah, there's some pretty good perks on there, and uh, we're probably gonna. I want to definitely get into some of those here in a little bit. I do want to ask sure. you some questions uh, about where you hail from. No pun intended. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I am originally from uh, Princeton, West Virginia, uh, which is in the most southern part of the state and uh, went to high school around there and everything. And I was always that kid who loved who loved video cameras. You know, yeah. um, the, the movie that made me want to become a filmmaker was the 1975 film Jaws. Nice. Uh, when, when, I, when I was a kid and, and I'll tell you, you know, my dad, you know, let me grow up on a city dose of like a, a atomic radiation monsters, you know, Godzilla beast from right. 20,000 fathoms them. And then it wasn't until Jaws that I saw that. And I was like, I want to make movies actually fun sidebar. The part where Quint gets eaten was like the like the goriest thing I ever saw like at the time when I was like seven years old and I turned to my dad and I said, Dad, is he dead? And, <laughs> and my dad howled laughing. My my mom was like, John, it's all fake. And I was like, what? Because I thought I was watching like a live snuff film. You know? And I, I was like, oh my God, there's a shark out there this big. And like ever and ever since then, like I've been making stop motion animation films with my parents' camera. And I try to be in every single like like A V video club that I could get into just because I thought that would help me uh become a filmmaker. That's awesome. And yeah, and so, you know, I've been pretty much uh getting down the uh going down the whole video technology road. I've worked in television. I currently work at uh public broadcasting and uh but I've always wanted to have my job or whatever thing I do relate back to filmmaking. You know, right. all the education and all the resources that I can gather from working any job, I always try to apply it back to my normal filmmaking, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, and I read your uh, in the press kit about your bio, and one of the things that really kind of touched touched me a little bit as far as like my nostalgia is that you did say, and you just mentioned it actually about doing the stop motion uh, capture with the VHS. And I did that as a kid too. So oh, I, yeah, th dude. I thought that was really awesome. What was your first project with that as a claymation my, sort of thing? Um, my, my first project was I had my, I, I had a bunch of Treadmaster Godzilla figures uh, when they came out <laughs> cool. and I had, I, I had, I had my Treadmaster Godzilla figures fighting my Jurassic Park dinosaurs <laughs> and it was fucking epic. And like, as I sat there and I, I thought to myself, I was like, you know, as a kid, you know, I don't need actors. You know, I can sit here and just do stop motion animation. 
Well, you know, and you hit like the start and stop. You know, after about half an hour, you're like, man, I bet I made fucking gold. <laughs> and you go back and look, and it's only like like about like 20 seconds worth of film. Right. And you're like, oh, this is some old bullshit. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I still have some of mine too, and oh, I think really? the same thing. Oh, yeah, it's fairly, it's awesome. Did you oh, ever God. have a school project or show and tell for that? Uh, I actually, see, I, I made that one when I was when I was real little. Um, as and I tell somewhere on VHS, you know, when I was like a teenager, I used to take all my VHS tapes because I was such a freaking deviant. I would throw the tapes like just like in this room, so I, I have a room filled with VHS tapes. And so I don't know <laughs> where it went to, but in high school, I did make some films. Uh, because I was such a goofy nerd and it was anything related to filmmaking, I made a film involving a, uh, you know, the little Downy Fresh uh, bear? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Snuggle bear or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Snuggle bear. I, we, had a, we had a puppet in the TV show and I made a film where, pup, where the puppet Snuggle bear hunted one of the kids in the high school. And, and like, yeah, and th- there was a scene where like I put like a exacto razor in like his hand and I made it to where like he like pulled the blade up and like chased the kid around the school. That was one of the films I did. Oh, man, that uh, sounds there. great. Yeah, dude, it was so like, like looking back at it. I'm like, God, what what was I on making this stuff? <laughs> Just trying to be creative, man. I, that's awesome, yeah. though. I'd love to see that if you ever have that somewhere. Put it up oh, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, then like after that, I, I say I went to college and uh, I actually made a feature film uh, in, in, in college. And like, you know, I thought I was I was king shit, you know, like <laughs> like like like, you know, one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite filmmakers, is Steven Spielberg. I was like, man, they're going to call me black Steven Spielberg when they see this movie. They're going to they're, they're call me bleeding Bloomberg. That's how awesome it's going to be. But, but like. T- Oh no! I was I'm sorry. Say, uh, oh no, man! Uh, tell us about the project. That's insanely cool because that's what I wanted to know about. Because because the conduit looks like it's it looks like it's pretty advanced stuff, you know. And so like oh, yeah. yeah, tell us about the the feature you did. Oh, the the feature I made it was it was a film called called uh, Blurred. A bunch of friends of mine got together, and uh, the whole premise was you know a bunch of kids are in a. Um, movie writing class and the professor says that you know the best way to become a better writer and tell more truer stories is for you to actually live the experiences that you you know actually write about so one guy wants to make like a horror movie uh movie and he thinks the only way to get the best script is to actually go out and kill people so he can experience that actual you know thrill and make his writing more true nice well well, he he gets into it and like it's literally starts having like, you know, it's almost like an American psycho that takes place in like college pretty much. <laughs> and like uh, so he's at film school sort of or. Yeah. Y- okay. Yeah. And so uh, and so I managed to get that we made this for, for, for like a special project because I was like I was like, well, shit, man, I don't want to be here for like six years in college. So <laughs> uh, so they were like, well, we can g- give you a three credit course for a special project. So I did that and I sh- remember showing it. <laughs> showing it to my uh, counselor and she looked at me and she was like well uh it's good but uh i don't know if this actually qualifies and i looked at her dead in the face and i said nah i, I know you're gonna let me pass this class because i worked six damn months on this wow and, yeah and, and she and she was really she really did not like it and i actually i had to go to the dean and be like look man i worked six months on this it was a special project i shot this film can i can i get a pass and the dean looked at it and he loved movies and he was like oh dude this is fucking hilarious yeah <laughs> that's great yeah so so that was my first and like I said, you know, at the time I, I kind of had a swelled head because I was like, I made a feature film. But then like when I looked at it, 
it's like crap because back when I was in college, I didn't know much about camera movement. I didn't know much about, you know, uh, lighting and stuff like that. It looked like your typical generic, you know, uh, B movie. And ever since then, I've always wanted to try to get better at making films. So I've been doing little odd jobs of freelance and working uh, on other people's productions for like years, uh, just in order to make sure I can gain more information to tell better stories in my own films. Awesome. Well, is there a way to see that? Just out of curiosity? (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, actually. Uh, It is actually on my Google Drive, and I've been debating should I actually upload it or bury it in a deep, dark pit? Two uh, thumbs up here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I'll make sure. Maybe after the Kickstarter. Link. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, man, I totally gave this guy money and fucked up on that one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it's a lot better than you may think because we're all critical when we're creative. I know oh, that. For sure. oh, oh, God. Yeah. We well, you know that's a, that, that, that's the, that's the, um, that's the plight of the artist. You know, uh, everyone's like, oh, man, that looks really good. And you're like, why? Well, what are you even talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you something. I mean, uh, as far as the, the new, uh, the short, the conduit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't remember how long you're going to make it. I think you said 30 minutes. Is that, is that right? I, yeah, uh, we're going to make it about 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, uh, that's what it is. Okay. In length. Uh, you know, it's something we could easily submit to a, a few film festivals. Okay. And you are a huge fan of practical effects. Oh, my um, God, yes. Dude, and it's I the s- only effects, man. Yeah, I oh, honestly Yeah, think. dude, exactly. Well, I mean, dude, I, I was telling someone the other day, do you remember, like, in the 90s when, like, Lake Placid, you know, like, like a movie yeah. like Lake Placid would be released in theaters. You know, a movie l- like The Relic would be released in theaters. You know, these great practical effects horror films that was like a major, you know, heyday in me growing up. Now they're always pushed to like the sci-fi channel, some other bullshit. Right. Just so, so where people like – it feels like they don't even try anymore, you know? Right. I know, and, and and I always think to myself, I would rather see the shittiest ass practical effect than some of the best CGI effects. Oh, absolutely! It, it's it it's so uh, tangible, even if it's yeah. cheesy as fuck, but it's still so much cooler. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And I saw that you're a big fan of the thing, which I am too. Um, oh yeah, man. And Godzilla, and I think yeah. you said Fright Night, right? Yeah, dude, Fright Night is the jam. <laughs> you, I mean, I mean, actually, the guy who played Jerry Dandridge is from Beckley, West Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and I and I've met him before uh, up here. He had a college signing over at WV one time. Super, super chill guy. And and the cool thing about Fright Night is that like it's so eighties. Right. You know, it's so eighties that it hurts. <laughs> and you know, and like it had the right amount of comedy and gore. And it's just like an endearing film. And just like uh, John Carpenter's the like thing. You know, I can watch John Carpenter's the thing probably almost every day because. Yeah. Because just like another great practical effects movie, um, uh, Tremors with with Kevin Bacon oh, and, and Fred and Fred Ward, you know the the best movies are the ones where you take normal, average, everyday people and put them in extraordinary situations. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Like you know, you, you take those guys in Alaska; they're not prepared for an alien invasion. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just douche. I mean, you know, there's guys you know like uh, David Keith is smoking weed in his room while watching old reruns of, of game shows. You know, <laughs> at no point are they like, yeah, man. Let's go and buckle down and get our M16s and take on these aliens. No, they're just like normal people thrown into extraordinary situations. And those movies are kick ass. What's your favorite scene in that movie, by the way? Uh, my favorite scene. <laughs> I'm sure there's many, but I mean, if yeah. you had to pick one. 
I, 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 I'll tell you right now, and it's going to be kind of, uh, kind of, you know, people are going to be like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> but, so, but if you if you watch the thing, you'll you'll get it. Remember the scene where like they're getting ready to go to the to the uh, Norwegian camp, and and they're talking about, "Well, there's, there's going to be a snowstorm coming in. We need someone who can fly a helicopter." And I think radio or whatever his name was, because I was like, hey, Doc, I'll take him. Then Kurt Russell's like, no, you won't. And he's like, well, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, man. All right, thanks for asking. And then like <laughs> and just sits down. I think that's so so hilarious because that character in the entire movie is like, dude, I'm completely badass, but then he backs away. Like <laughs> like, like like when it actually comes to action. And then and then, well, then Kurt course, Russell, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Kurt Russell. But then uh my second uh favorite scene is of course the uh the part where the alien um, comes out from the uh, dog and he's in the dog pen. Oh yeah, God, that is speaking you know, because that right that moment lets you know that shit has just hit the fan. <laughs> you know, like like first turns like this mutant crab thing, and then it turns and like its mouth opens up like a flower, and it's like doing some kind of weird bukkake stuff all over the dogs. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, well, what's going on? And then it and then it grows arms and then reaches <laughs> into the ceiling, and then literally everyone's like in shock and awe watching all this happen. And then a giant flower mouth opens up, and I'm like, oh, what yeah. is this? Yeah, what's this. And uh, yeah, man, that that's that's a really good part too. That's some like Junji Ito type stuff. Oh, you know what I mean? God. Oh yeah, so, so, so some like uh, Takeishi Mike, uh, yeah, God oh, yeah. type of stuff. Oh, Mike is pretty crazy like that too. But man, oh, yeah. I, I always got I always uh, thought that the part that shocked me. I remember just as a quick note um, <laughs> is the part where they're doing the the paddles on the guy's chest. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and he pushes yeah. his hands into his chest, and it yeah. chops off his hands. Yeah. I remember getting that white fright, you know, like you oh, feel yeah. that feeling. And mm-hmm. I just, I was watching it by myself when I shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. You know, my parents were like not awake, so I was yeah. not happy about that. But yeah, but, but so you get that feeling in like the bottom pit of your stomach. You're like uh. either you're like either I have a raging boner or I'm really scared right now. <laughs> And it scares the piss out of you. Yeah, man. I I, I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. By the way, and speaking since we're on practical effects, you have Cody sure. and I think it's Ruck? Yes. Uh, Cody uh, Cody Ruck. It's funny. Uh, one of his friends for a while thought his name was Cody Cody Ruscha. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him. I was like, how in the hell did you think that? Uh, but yeah, his name is uh, Cody Ruck, and he's a Pittsburgh-based uh, special effects artist. Nice. And he's doing, he's doing the effects for the film. Awesome. How did you get in touch with him? Uh, it's funny. Um, I worked on another movie that was shot up here uh, called Legion, which is a whole like, oh, God, that's like a whole podcast in itself for me to tell you the the absolute shit show uh, working on that movie was. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, I made a couple of friends while I was working on that movie. And they told me that there was a guy who does special effects up in Pittsburgh they can hook me up with. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, I got in touch with Cody uh, right after the film, which is about uh, two or three years ago at this point. And I said, hey, man, I'm working on a short film, and I was wondering if you can do the effects for it. And he says, yeah, it all depends on my, on my schedule, da, 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 And I sent him all the concept art for the monsters. And he said, dude, I'm down. I'm totally down. <laughs> Huh. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And uh, right after that, I had to move into my new house. My life got a little crazy. And we kind of just put the project on the back burner. And uh, I came back to Cody uh, three years later. 
which was, you know, this year. And I said, Cody, um, look, man, I haven't talked to you in a while. And I know I can understand if you don't want to do this project, but I would love to have you come on and do these special effects for the conduit if you're willing to. And he says, dude, absolutely no problem. And I said, Cody, man, it really means a lot to me, you know, that you want to work on a project. And he says, dude, you have monsters in here that I think is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to work on. So, of course. So, of course, I'm going to be with you no matter what. And Cody has been a really great guy. Um, He has worked literally on his own free time and doing all this work out of the kindness of his heart. Like he he's wow. the one who he's the one who, who like suggested, hey man, I can make like a foam bust, you know, of the your eel monster in order for like do promos. Like, okay, cool. Then that foam bust turned into, hey, I can make you a fully functioning animatronic puppet uh for your promos, you know, just so we can ch- try and try and get the word out. That Barracuda like, monster, right? Yeah, yeah, the uh the uh Ilacuda, you know. Ilacuda, ha- ha- okay. Yeah, Ilacuda, half eel, half barracuda. Uh, and um, he's done all this all this stuff just, just out of the kindness of his heart. And That's I nice. keep like asking him, like, dude, do you like need anything? And he's like, nah, man, you know, I just I just really want to see your project actually actually succeed. And he's wow. just yeah, and he's just been a really great guy. He's actually working on a progress uh, pick of one of the creature busts uh, for the 375 uh, pledge level. And it's going to be a fourth, a, a quarter scale bus of the red uh, demon gremlin like creature. Nice. That's going to be in the film. And that's going to be limited to uh, 20 available. And once they're gone, they're gone. And they're going to be made out of quarter scale, uh, quarter scale plastic, a uh, white resin. And that way, if they're just plain white, you can paint them and do whatever you want. And then you can send the pictures in and we can share, share that around on the page. Awesome. That's that's a really good perk. I, there's quite a quite a few in there. Even the one with the uh, voice actor guy. I can't think oh. of his name. Scott. Oh, it's a uh, it's a uh, Ed Trotta. Ed Trotta. That's right. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh. No, you're fine. Uh, Ed uh, Ed Trotta is one of those things. You know, Ed came to um, Bluefield a couple of years ago, and he was from L.A. And we shot a couple of short films. Uh, one of his films is called Head Shop. And, you know, whenever you do low budget film stuff, you know, you do a lot of work for free and just to to get the experience. And Ed and I have become, you know, really good friends ever since. And I asked him if he could be the voice for my uh, for my proof of concept trailer. (laughs) And he did. And he totally adds the credence of that era, you know into the trailer it makes it feel like an old school movie trailer it really does yeah. and and uh ed just kind of randomly you know when we were working together he was like hey you know i'm the voice of malfear and storm rage in warcraft and i was like <laughs> I, I was like yeah and and then i look it up and i was like oh shit malfear and storm rage is kind of a big deal <laughs> and, and then he was like yeah i was also the voice of Tyrael in diablo 2 and i'm like oh, that's Bruh. pretty huge man yeah, I know. I was like, bro, I love Diablo. <laughs> and so uh, he just randomly sent me a message like actually last week. It was like, hey, uh, if you want, I can, you know, do like some voice work maybe for an extra pledge. And I was like, are you are you serious? He's like, yeah. And I was like, do you want anything for it? He's like, no, nah, man, I just wanted to see your campaign succeed. And I'm like, yes. So now, <laughs> yeah. So now for like, I think it's at the $75 level, you can have Ed Trotta, uh, the voice of Malfurion Storm Rage and from Diablo 2 leave you a personalized thank you message yeah that's pretty awesome I yeah. saw that <clears throat> plus he also did uh, voice work in uh, Hearthstone yes he did and Where's actually it? actually Malfurion Storm Rage has a really big role in uh, in Heroes of the Stone uh, Heroes of the Storm uh, yeah. that's out right now too yeah wow. yeah that that's just came out actually not too long ago right yeah I think yeah. so I'm curious too like uh, and granted I have to go over the uh, the Kickstarter page again but uh, sure. um 
are, are these funds you're looking for? Are these completion funds, or is this the actual to fund the whole project? I this mean, I'm curious. Is, this, this is actually to like fund to fund the whole project. Oh wow! Okay, um, cool. Yeah, cool. and and what what's funny is that you know, and I'll and I'll be completely honest, you know. Um, and people uh, say, you know, man, that's you know, you're looking for thirty three two six five in order to make a make make a short film. That seems like an awful awful lot. And I'm like, yeah, you know, on 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 paper, it does. You know, it does. And I have no problem admitting that. But what people don't understand is that there's a lot of things that go into making a Kickstarter that they don't see. Like, for instance, um, whenever if this campaign does get uh, funded, 10 uh, percent of that automatically is taken away from the total to pay right. kicks to pay Kickstarter fees and Amazon yeah. uh, fees. Uh, after that, uh, you have to pay for all the Kickstarter rewards. So I don't want to pay for that stuff out of my pocket. So I put that into the budget as well. Right. Then on. Then on top of that, and this is the big one that people uh, people forget, all this money that comes in is taxable by the United States. So I have to pay taxes on that. So 20% of that is going to go to the United States government in taxes. Wow. Right there. So out of, so out of the $33,265 uh, $33, that I'm looking for, over 30 to 40% of that is not going to go into the production. You know wow. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. quite a chunk too. Yeah, yeah. But plus, man, like anything in life, you get what you pay for. Oh I mean, yeah. And, and and what I'm saying is like if uh, if you're able to produce a, a really cool project, uh, regardless of the price, I mean, right? Uh, you know, you, 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 Hollywood could pick up the phone and give you a call, and you could be working on stuff in Hollywood. Like, oh, dude, absolutely. Well, I, like, I know. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, what's really cool about this project is that you know, um, you know, I have gotten to the point in my life where like, you know, I really want to, you know, I, I've always been the guy to help everyone else out. You know what I'm saying? When my friends say, Hey, I need a sound guy or Hey, I need this to be edited. Or, I need this to, I need some visual effects on this. You know, I'm always like, yeah, man, cool. But now I'm getting to the point in my life where, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to have my son, uh, here, uh, coming up in, in actually about, about a month. Oh, congratulations, and, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, congrats. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, you know, I want to start telling my own stories. You know, I've always helped everyone else out just to further myself in film and get uh, more education. But I want to start telling my own stories. And so The Conduit is my first step into telling, you know, my uh, you know, more original content that I want to work on. You know, I want a creature effects field practical short that pays homage to the 80s and 90s, which was an incredible time for these for these kinds of movies. And. Hopefully, if this one gets funded, you know there'll be more films coming from me. Uh, I, have, I have ideas for feature films, comic books, you you name it. If it's art, I got an idea for it. Awesome, yeah. I mean, I think it really shines through. Um, as you can already, I mean, with uh, with everybody that's trying to throw in and pitch in for nothing, you know what right. I mean. And that right. I, I think that shows through in your character probably with a lot of people. So, and that's what kind of drew me to actually contact you in the first place. I was like. Mm -hmm. This guy just seems really genuine. Like I yeah. just, I wanna, I wanna see what he's gonna do. So well, well, you know, I'm, I'm really glad it's coming off because I'm really a douchebag. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> got him. No, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, 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 I'm kidding about that. <laughs> of course. Well, I wanted to ask you, like uh, the Goliath creature that you're gonna be having done. I saw the the scale. Holy mm -hmm. shit! That's yeah, huge. Man. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's my callback to the uh, Godzilla and the uh, Tokusatsu uh, genre. Nice. Um, what what we'll be doing for that? And uh, Co Cody Ruck and I have talked about how these creatures are all going to be brought to life. And actually, we're going to do that one man in suit. 
Nice. Uh, yeah, and, and we're going to make a full size. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not a full size. We're not going to make a 30 foot tall suit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that should be amazing. Uh, <laughs> We're going to put Cody Ruck in a monster suit. We're going to put him in front of a green screen, and we're going to have him uh, trampling down a uh, a downtown city street. And awesome. we're going to do it old school. Um, if I if I can, I'm even going to do some forced perspective shots instead of doing some green screen stuff because I think that camera. You know, if you do stuff in camera, not only does it make your life easier in in post. But it adds to the credence and it adds to the feel of an old school creature movie. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's some total homage there to some Godzilla right there. Absolutely. <laughs> and with what's cool is like you know he has his three eyes, and the middle eye that he has shoots out a giant laser beam. Nice. And, yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna have him show that off in the short film as well. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, man. Sounds like uh, it's I, I like the character designs. I really think they're really good. Did you did he draw those up for you or did you draw uh, them up or uh, actually uh, I commissioned a uh, friend of mine. Um, his name was Tyler Souls. Uh, he's an artist who uh, works in comics. He has a few original um, comic books that he's created himself. And I just got a hold of him one day and I said, hey, can you help me? Um, do some concept art and he helped me design those creatures and it's pretty much what I've run with ever since and Cody of course he's he likes to add his own little uh, certain flair and touch um, onto the creatures so of course they're going to change a little bit mm -hmm. but I mean <clears throat> everything that he has added to the creatures has definitely uh, helped um, one of the cool things that we're going to incorporate is every single monster is going to have some some part of them that's going to be like um, like glowing or like bioluminescence. So either the eyes will glow or like their mouth will glow because where they come from, uh, their uh, their monster domain is like darkness. Okay. You know, there's there's no real sunlight or anything, so they adapt by like having some sort of glowing thing. And of course, that neon glow adds to the whole '80s vibe and feel that I'm trying to add on uh, with the film. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have to ask this. Sure. Did you did you get a little inspiration maybe from uh, Beyond? From Beyond? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I'll tell you right now. When when I made the ill monster, and I wanted wanted to make a flying eel, there was two two things that inspired me for that. One was a 1970s movie called The Deep. If you remember oh, okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and remember the scene where like the two guys are, are in the ship and they're like hunting for like treasure or whatever, and also this giant eel comes out of nowhere and like attacks them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was so random, you know, in that movie. <laughs> I, was, I was like, where the hell did this come from? And then, and then I saw From Beyond, and they had that flying eel sequence in there, and I was like, you know, what'd be cool is if like you know we had a flying eel because you know the eels in there were like like kind of small and they were like snakes. I was like, what if you had something that was like the size of an anaconda? Ooh. Like flying around, you know, uh, through the air like it would water, you know, and I think that would be just absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so that's where the inspiration for that monster came from. Oh, that's see, I, I had a feeling. I just had a feeling. Yeah. I was like, it just it felt very uh, familiar in that sense, but definitely is different because it's going to be huge. Oh, yeah, so, exactly. Now, yeah. I know uh, you. we talked online a little bit. Um, you'd mm -hmm. mentioned that you were going to be doing John uh, DeSantis. Yes, uh, John. Uh, I'm, I'm be doing John DeSantis. John DeSantis is my composer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've always, obviously you you heard that here before. first, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just 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 in uh, for Beyond the Veil. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, John DeSantis. I've heard some of his work. How do we pick up from there? 
He's like, I heard you meet doing John DeSantis. I was like, Am I? <laughs> <laughs> What, what what movie have you been watching? <laughs> Some really dark films, John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boom. Um, no, uh, John DeSantis is a very, uh, very talented composer. Um, I made a short film – or not a short film, but like a short teaser, which is just like uh, the uh, portal opening in the bottom of my basement uh, in my house. And it was just something to give a feel for what I wanted to try to do. And John uh, got a hold of me over Facebook Messenger, and he was like, hey, I saw you're trying to make a movie called The Conduit. And uh, what was really awesome about John DeSantis is that we didn't even talk about about the about the movie or like him working for me. The first couple of days of us talking, we talked about movies. We talked about uh, scores that we loved. You know, I'm a big fan of John Carpenter's uh, synth scores. He's a really big fan of of Jerry Goldsmith and his and his orchestral scores, which mix in symphonic stuff. Nice. Uh, you know, Jerry Goldsmith did I think the score for for the Gremlins movies. Yeah, I think he he's might be worked. Right. Yeah, he's he's worked on Leviathan. And which is which is a, another great practical effects uh, creature movie, and we literally talked about movies for like about two or three days. And he sent me some samples of his work. And keep in mind, I, I'm not even asking him to work on the film. You know, he's just we're just having a really good uh, conversation. And I just asked him, I was like, "Hey, would you want to make the music for this film?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, sure." And ever since then, ever since then, he's been really, um, really kind. You know, to give me you know hints and stuff that could probably make a scene better. Um, and what's awesome is he's been, he's been a really great, a really great collaborator. Awesome. Uh, yeah, he has, you know, uh, whenever I don't like something, he always tells me, dude, just, just straight up. Tell me if you don't like something, I'll go back and change it and we'll make it work. So yeah, my hat's off to John DeSantis. He's a really great professional guy. And I'm, I, I really hope that we'll be able to bring this film to life with him on it. I like that he's so involved uh, with that okay. because, I mean, I really feel like some movies, like the music mm-hmm. and some even sound design and everything really just make the movie feel a certain way. And okay. if you don't have that, then it's just it's going to be just an empty shell almost, a pretty oh, empty shell. But you Oh, know yeah, I mean. exactly. Well, and one of the cool things that he did when you listen to the uh, to, to the Conduit score uh, that he made for the trailer film he actually utilized live uh, live string instruments uh, for the film. And, wow. and you know, I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of people who use, like, you know, uh, Pro Tools and all these, you know, digital uh, components in order to sure. make scores. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that at all. But there's just something different about having live instruments in your movie. Uh, if, if you listen to that one part in the trailer where you hear like like violin strings or, or like plucking, you know, at the very beginning, it almost hands back to that that Eno Marcone, uh theme, you know, in the thing, you know, when, yeah. when, when things are getting a little creepy, it's like like that you yeah. know it's, it, it sends chills up your spine and that's what john is going to be able to bring to the project you know that old school you know feel you know of bringing live instruments and symphonics to make a really classic great sounding film well and i hope uh, you know if, it, if we can get this project going here uh, i want to yeah. see hopefully he'll put out some of the work for it you know too oh yeah absolutely. absolutely i collect those things um as much as i can you know but Sometimes oh, yeah. they don't always come out, so it's kind of it's kind of a tough one. But oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I um, 
yeah, it was funny. Like I, I've always backed like a, a like ton of a ton of Kickstarters, and you know this is my first one that I have been able to launch and put together. And I've seen the wrath of people who have like you know make successful Kickstarters and have like treated their fans like crap. Right. I can, I can guarantee you right now, I am going to do everything in my power to be as transparent and to make sure I avoid the wrath. You know, because what, what people don't understand is like, you know, if you don't fill in your promises or if you don't keep in constant contact with your backers, you are screwing yourself. Right. You are screwing yourself because this is a potential audience that you have for your other films or other artwork coming on down the road. So you have to treat your backers with respect. And I want to make sure that my backers get the best experience that they can. Uh, like I just told you right now, you know, how many people do you know that sit there and give you like a blow by blow breakdown of their budget and say right. and say, look, you know, yeah. I know that looks like a lot, but all this stuff is is not really going to me. You know, and and, you know, I want to try and keep that transparency and let people know that I'm not just going to be a guy who's going to take all this money and put it on a house payment. Uh, you know, every single yeah. cent, every single cent of that is going to be going on the screen uh, to, to make to make this film the best that it can be. Well, that's that's definitely I think that shines through for most people. And and yeah. that's why I wanted to we wanted to reach out. We really just wanted to try to get help any way we could to try to help get the uh, project started. And I think that's we're awesome. even going to throw in on the uh, on the voice acting. Or, oh, yeah. Awesome, uh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, I mean. And know what we've been talking about the movie a lot, but we forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us a quick rundown of the story, so for our listeners who don't know about it? Sure, that's no problem. Uh, the movie is called The Conduit. The quick elevator pitch, uh, you know, for people who just want to, you know, get in, get out, is it's basically the Gremlins meets the Gate. Uh, if anyone wants to get a quick elevator pitch for that. But the movie is about a young man named Andrew. Every time Andrew falls asleep, his mind opens up a portal to another dimension in which demons and monsters exist. In order to combat this, he decides to stay awake with terrible repercussions on his mind and body. Perfect. Yeah. I, the actor reminds me, and I know we were talking about Joe Be- Begagos? How do I say his name? Yeah, uh, Joe Joe Bagata Bagoda Bagogos. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I apologize, Go-Go. Joe. I, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the actor in it almost remind me of the same guy uh, a little bit of uh, the uh, not human. Is that what it was? Oh yeah, uh, 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 almost human. Almost human. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, almost. Yeah, uh, that was um, that was a good friend of mine, Mark Combs. Um, he was uh, he was the actor that I chose for the trailer itself. But unfortunately, I don't know if he's going to actually be in the actual film because he just moved out to L.A. to try and, you know, become an actor and do something with his life, you know, like an asshole. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, and so, uh, you know, uh, no, but uh, Mark is a really great guy. Actually, when we filmed that uh, that film, that trailer. Um, Mark, I went and picked him up and Mark had this like weird deranged look in his face. And I was like, man, you okay? And he's like, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I stayed up late, late last night, you know, tr- trying to, trying to, trying to prepare for the role. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? There's really no dialogue in it. He said, no, no, no. I, I set an alarm to go off every hour on the hour. So I would lose sleep so I could be more, more authentic in the, in the trailer. That's awesome. Yeah, and I was like, Jesus God, this guy's the man. <laughs> and you know, and and it was it, it was it was really fun, you know. And like I say, if you watch the proof of concept trailer, there's really no dialogue. It's really just like a long, like a two minute acting exercise. 
pretty much. And I was yeah. and, and I was I was worried because, you know, I you know, we live in, in, in the digital Internet age where where people will get bored really easily. Yeah. And so, I, I, so I was like, shit, man, is this is this going to is this going to work? You know, will people sit there and watch a two minute no dialogue? You know, the only dialogue is going to be on the trailer. But Mark was able to act and bring that tone of, of paranoia, you know, across. And it definitely keeps your butt glued in the seat and watching this trailer the entire time. Yeah, I think he did a really good job, and and then with the Ed, Ed over the uh, doing the voice acting oh, on yeah. top of it, it just kind of it perfectly set the tone. And and yeah. I was wondering, I was hoping, I was like, I wonder, I hope that actor is going to be in the movie. But you know, totally understandable. Yeah. So, well, I mean, is there anything else that you would like to share with us that? Uh, you know, moving forward so we can help uh, get this project out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, as of right now, um, let's see, it's Thursday, October the 6th. We're about uh, eight days uh, left, and we have about uh, 39% uh, funded right now on, on Kickstarter. That seems low to some people, but, you know, I don't. I, I don't think it is. You know, I think that with Kickstarter, there are there's always that credence of people to like sit on the sideline. You know, there's a lot right. of people to sit on the just to see see where it goes. So I am I am keeping the faith, and I fully believe that there'll be an, another rush. And I encourage people to come out and back truly, you know, independent films. You know, we we live in a world where there's PG thirteen horror. We get nothing but remakes, exactly, uh, dude. super superhero <laughs> films and everything, and people sit there and they and they and they complain all the time about the stuff that that is on sci-fi and everything was well, so, well you know what with uh with uh sites like kickstarter indiegogo and you know gofundme your money can shape what independent art and what new artists do with their time you right. know so instead of sitting there and you know spending 15 bucks on your pumpkin spice latte or actually spending 20 or 30 dollars you know maybe even 40 or 50 dollars on a normal movie night out why don't you donate it to an independent film that a you'll have a legit part and seeing it come to life and b you're actually contributing to the independent art movement that will actually you know add some variety to this world of remakes, sequels, and other bullshit that we dude, see going so, on. You're so on point, dude. Because you're, yeah. you're not going to get this kind of stuff out of Hollywood. That's no. not what they're into. No, but, they're tra- no. they always play the safe route. You yeah. know, they want to make sure yeah. everything's going to make them money and whatever yeah. they got to do. Yeah, exactly. And, I, I, was, I was talking to someone today. Uh, do you remember that movie with uh, with Guy Pierce called uh, called Ravenous? That came oh, out in the nineties. Uh, yeah, that's so funny that you mentioned that. He's been nonstop talking to me about that, <laughs> or my buddy had talked about it to me yesterday, literally. So go Dude, ahead. I'm sorry. You know, I know you're fine. You know, the whole concept of Ravenous is that like it's a, it's a supernatural cannibal movie, and it's so well done. But you know what? You will never see a movie like that in uh, played in, in played movie theaters now. Why? Because movie theaters want to play it safe. Right. You know what I'm saying? Movie studios want to play it safe and they don't want to take risk anymore about, you know, giant Cathoga monsters like in the relic, tremors. Uh, you know, no one wants to take risk like that anymore. So quote unquote independent and also something else. People think sometimes that when you say independent film, it's like, you know, dumpster vision, you know, trash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know, like, like, you know, guys running around with like little hand, handicam quarters and stuff like that, you know. Or they think of like, you know, pretentious Oscar crap, you know, that you see from Fox Searchlight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, independent film and independence means that you do not have to bow down to, to like movie studio overlords. 
Yeah. Okay. You can have a chance to make the voice that you want to and and you know make the film that you want you know and with this film you know creature movies have always been a big a big part of my life you know ever since i was a little kid and i want to take a take a chance and actually make a movie that will you know pay homage and respect to the genre that made me want to become a filmmaker so awesome man well, we seriously thank you so much for coming oh, on, and I hope that we can put a dent in that thing for you uh, so that Heck we yeah. can see more projects from you in the future, man. Heck yeah. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time with us. Guys, all the links are going to be below for everything. Uh, when this airs on Monday, it is going to be, I think, when's, when's the project end? Uh, the project ends October 15th. Okay. Yeah. So it'll just be a matter of days just after the, the podcast airs. So guys, get on that. Even if it's five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, yeah. uh, support the indie industry and, and try to make better movies come about. So yeah, every every dollar counts. You know what I'm saying? If you if you sit there and think that I only have 10 or five dollars, that doesn't matter, man. Every if you can spare anything to get this project made, that is going to help us cross that finish line. So any amount matters. All right, that was the interview, guys. We really, first of all, thank you, John Hale, for Dude. coming on the show. And it, w Super awesome, fun guy to talk I know, to. man. Laugh, like, made me crack up. I almost didn't even know what to say, because, like... When he <laughs> threw some zingers at me. Oh, dude! It, and that's hard to do for me. <laughs> well, what I what I liked is like, uh, like I was saying to you off the air and stuff. What? He's the kind of dude that like uh, I literally could just hang out with. Yeah, no, he, I I get that from him. He, he has it's this kind of like back. really cool vibe of like a, just a cool dude that like I I want to help him out. And look at all the people that are like supporting the project. You know yeah, what dude, I mean? That for are just sure, like man. throwing in their talent to help him. Like oh. that just shows you that. There's more to it than just making a, a fucking short. I you know, know what man. I mean. So Which, yeah, it's insanely cool. But if dude. you guys haven't already, there is going to be a link in the bot in the in the information here. We urge you guys to go check out the Kickstarter project. And even if you can throw just five to ten bucks, whatever whatever you yeah, can, help them out, dude. Supporting the indie scene is really important because all we're getting right now is fucking remakes, guys. Or fucking superhero movies. And don't get me wrong, I like some of my remakes because I just like to live in that world again. I could I could fucking give a two fucks but, about but another superhero movie. But think of all the, the forgotten <laughs> original material that people are writing, and all these fucking big exact producers will just not will just walk past. You're right. It, 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 they won't even look at the fucking script. They'll just wait. Eh, whatever. Well, we we could have a whole episode on this because like I was just kind of uh, saying it. Like uh, all we're getting is like uh, safety movies. You know, like we mentioned right. earlier. Like, well, they want to make their money. They yeah, they lose. they don't care about like it's it's not. I mean, I understand needing to make money. I get that. But Hollywood doesn't understand art any longer. They don't. And you know what's funny? It's like Deadpool is like such a, a, a perfect example. They didn't want to make a rated R movie. Oh. And they were fighting against them. And then they fought against them. They're like, no, dude, it needs to be fucking rated R. Like, don't fight us with this. And they fought and they fought and they fought. And they, they were like, fine, we'll piddle out some money. You can make some with this. And then they, they made it, and it fucking made gangbusters. And oh, I'm not dude. saying that that's necessarily an independent film, but I'm just saying that it goes to show you that even with something as big as Deadpool, that they didn't even know that. Yeah. 
and they took a risk on it. Like they really thought they were taking a risk on it, but they did a lot of promotion for it. But talk about Deadpool. This is fucking fascinating. I got a friend of mine, one of my best friends. I don't want to say his name because I've had sex with him multiple times. <laughs> but no, anyways, uh, his one of his buddies is the guy who produced Deadpool. Oh shit! And uh, I, I so think... he'll be real happy about what we just said. <laughs> but he was telling we got to we could bring him either. I'll see if I can get him on the air. That would be fun. Uh, I mean, if, I don't think it's horror related, so I might. I don't know. Like, does he has he done some horror movies? Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I it, I think it's cool, but I don't want creeps too far out of our territory because that gets us in trouble. Uh, yeah, because it is a, it is a horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't state that again. It's is a horror podcast. It's horror, not horror. Oh, horror, horror, horror not, not yeah. a horror podcast. Yeah, we don't sell ourselves out here, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But he's got to, yeah, my friend's got to tell you this story because he went out to L.A. with this dude to watch the screening of the new Star Wars movie. Okay. And uh, he wound up back at the dude's house. And the dude's, oh. the dude's wife was, like, pregnant and started going into labor. And this is all going on. So he, my friend is, like, with the guy who produced Deadpool and his wife is going into labor and all this crazy shit's happening. Oh, my God. And I'm like... That's a bonding moment, huh? I'm like, fuck, dude, that's badass. <laughs> So my I don't friend, know if it's badass. <laughs> Speaking of meat and potatoes, <laughs> he didn't like hang out in the fucking hospital the whole time, did he? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's it might. Yeah, but my friend is. Uh, it's it kind of it's cool. I I really dig the dude. He's a, he's a, one of my best friends, if not one of my best friends. Sure, but he's uh, selling all his shit here and moving to L.A. Wow. He's like, fuck it, because he's a DP. Right. So he does uh, devil penetration. <laughs> no, he's a director. Director of photography, Yeah, director of photography. But uh, here in the Valley, uh, he does a lot of camera work and stuff. But he's like, you know what? Because uh, he had the opportunity back in the day to work on Star Trek, The Next Generation. Yeah, it's like John Hale said. Yeah. He's he's like, fuck it, dude. You know, I've been doing all this stuff. I'm not doing what I really want to do. I want to yeah. just do it. Yeah. So, so he basically said, you know what, fuck it, I'm tired of it, all my buddies that went out to LA are doing all these big things. Yeah, He's it's like, time. I'm just going to sell all my shit and move out. Right. That's He's, awesome. I know. But then again, he has the money and the flow to make it happen. Yeah. I'm sure he's been saving for it, too. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, I just wanted to bring that up, because it's really cool. We, it, we could either get one of these dudes on one of these days, and uh, yeah, who knows? Well, we're, who knows? We're, we'll do anybody. Yeah, we'll do anybody. <laughs> But remember, this is a horror podcast. Yeah, just to clarify, horror podcast. So if you're listening now and are confused, this is a horror podcast. Horror. Yeah. So don't get confused. Regardless, support your indie movies, guys. There's Dude. so many fucking hidden gems out there that I watch over these fucking big budget fucking films a million times over. Yeah, for sure. So, but uh, but yeah, thank you again, John. Thank you, dude. Well, now we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes. Potatoes? I like potatoes. The meat and taters. I like taters. <laughs> so anyway, guys, we're going to get down talk about some Junji Ito. <laughs> uh-huh. No, Junji Ito, we're going to be doing a little bit about him and uh, probably talk a little bit about him. Sexually. More inside jokes, but they're lovely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ito. Ah, Junji Ito. Junji Ito, man. Uh, he's a manga artist. Yeah. And uh, some of his uh, uh, manga works have been made into film. Right. And yeah. they're and uh, animation. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And it's it's cool. It's it's some of it's like really really hardcore cool stuff. I mean, he did like Tomie we were talking about. Yeah. And then Uzumaki which we actually watched. Yep. The guy has uh he's he's influenced by Lovecraft. 
which is insanely and you can obviously see that in the work yeah uh he's really into body horror which is cool so that's a little bit like he's been doing it for like how many years like 30 years yeah like a long time man oh plus like uh he's influenced a lot of people specifically like uh uh guillermo del toro uh yeah no guillermo del toro and hideo kojima yeah um guillermo del toro who is the famous director um who was going to do a H.P. Lovecraft film. Oh, man, I, I hope really to God burns. It. Well, Guillermo del Toro, who's the famous director, uh, I... you know, Hellboy and all the other fucking movies that you guys probably already know. But uh, we... And Hideo Kojima, who yeah. is the writer and programmer for um, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, really? And Metal Gear series. Oh, that's cool. He is the brains behind that. He recently uh, said a fuck you to, Ko- uh, was it Konami? Yeah, Konami did uh, Metal Gear. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So, but he left on bad terms. It was like all over the news for like a year. Oh, dude. There was like this weird falling out. He wasn't even allowed to go to America to accept an award for his game that he made, his last game he oh. made for them. So it was pretty much like, uh, what's his name? What? Uh, Polanski. <laughs> Probably. Well, yeah, but that was legally. He <laughs> doesn't even come in the back in the country, but it wasn't like that. But he was legal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were they were just like holding him hostage, and that is really shitty. But Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima are good friends, and they met. And part of the reason that they're friends is because they had a liking to Junji Ito. Oh, that's so cool, they man. Bonded over Junji Ito. So, and the funny thing is, is if you read some of Junji Ito's comics or his manga, at the end of his like. Uzumaki ones he like has these little funny like like it's him in the story it's like an afterword oh and it's just a, a comic book about him it gets trying to be interested into spirals and what he was thinking about when he was making Uzumaki oh, manga like it kind of gets kind of self-aware towards right him. it is and, it, cool. and it's like and it's like his manager is like yelling at him where the fuck is my goddamn and he's like drawing this particular afterward <laughs> you know what I mean so, yeah it's pretty cool, and the, and the way that he, I'm sure, was going through stuff, uh, I'm sure Hideo Kojima was probably going through the same thing, because a lot of his games have hidden meanings that are making fun of his boss. <laughs> like, no joke, I dude, swear I, to God. Dude, I totally believe you, dude. There is some, like, hidden crazy shit about the, you guys, if you guys have not heard the PT, it was a, it was a demo. It was supposed to be a Silent Hill game and it had Norman Reedus in it. Oh, yeah. It looked fucking killer, man. Hideo Kojima was working with Junji Ito. Oh, really? And Guillermo del Toro were all working together to si- make a game. Uh, Silent Hills? Yeah. And what? fucking Konami fucked it up. Dude. They Co- ruined it. That's so Because lame, of some dude. fucking ego bullshit. The guy made them tons and tons of fucking money. But they didn't like his work. Because, like, he would take too long to do it. So they were always pissed at him because he was like, oh, it's not done yet. And so they saw it as like, oh, well, you're just not done because you're being too perfectionist. No, if you want to do something, you do it fucking right. Yeah, that's what he That's how Hideo Kojima was. uh, But yeah, like, it's so sad to hear that that game, it got pushed to the side and is never coming out. I still have the game on my PS4. And I downloaded the demo. You have yeah. to try it. It's I, fucking amazing. I haven't played it, but I've seen videos of it. It looks fucking One killer. One of the scariest fucked up games I've ever played. That's phenomenal, dude. Well, either way, Jinji Ito is a huge part of their lives. Yeah, okay. And you can see a lot of that in some of their work, you know. And um, But Jinji Ito, how old is he? He's like 50? Uh, yeah, he's actually 53, dude. 
53 years old. Yeah. So he, he's got some time on him, dude. Thank God. He, yeah. He, he's still sticking around. He could produce some more product. Dude, he has a lot of manga that I've bought on the digital CBR or whatever, like the digital comics. Yeah. I want to get some of the physical ones, and I did kind of revisit some of the Uzumaki when we watched it, but we'll talk about that a little later. Junji Ito did a comic called Tomie, and it's about a demon girl who can't die. And it's got a lot of, like, lovey-dovey elements in it, but twisted. Essentially what this girl is, she was, they could date her back to the Meiji or Meiji era. Okay. Which is like eight, 19, or 1880, I believe it's 1869 or 1889 to 1915. Hmm. That was the Meiji or Meijing era. Yeah. You know, so she they could date her back, but she basically, every time that she's killed or dismembered or whatever, she comes back and they can't find any of her body parts or anything. Huh. So, like, they can never find a trace that someone killed her. And there's even people in the first movie, they they have these um, kids that turn themselves in because they dismembered her. Oh, yeah. What she does, D- Tomie, who is this demon-like creature girl who was, like, really pretty to everybody, she can get every guy's attention. So she can essentially manipulate them into loving her. Yeah. And she plays along for a while till they get so addicted to her like heroin <laughs> that they would do anything for her. Shit. And then she just gets bored and she's like, just kill yourself. Just do it. It's yeah. cool. The first movie in the series, and there's nine movies, guys. It's a lot of movies, dude. Yeah, there's a fucking lot. And it it really pales in comparison to the comic. Uh, I, I didn't get to read a lot of that. Um, but... Uh, I've heard on new, from numerous people who know of Juji Ito and his manga, it, it totally pales in comparison. I think someone on Horamino even said that. <laughs> so, But yeah, she, like, these kids, like, dismember her, and then they go to report themselves in, and then this cop hears about her, finds out her name, because she's not hiding her full name. Yeah. It shows on the record that someone else had killed a, a same-name girl and dismembered her. But they couldn't find the body parts either. So he's trying to research why this is happening. And meanwhile, her boyfriend killed her. Huh. It's weird because it's, it's, the first one is so fucking slow. It's so, uh, it made me not want to watch the whole series again. Shit. Like, and I didn't watch them all before, but. And then in the second movie, they get into kind of like the story of, of like how she's manipulated three different guys. So they, um, are you bored? <laughs> oh no! I'm sick. What time it is? God damn it, Mike! See, this is why you had to fucking watch it. <laughs> God damn it! See, now I feel like an ass. You are not here. an ass, man. I was too busy. You're not an ass, man. Maybe you are an ass, man. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, Mike didn't get to watch him. I suck. He I had no time, and that's understandable. Uh, yeah, I watched the Uzumaki. But I am. I'm. You owe us. You owe us, Mike. I owe us. I owe us. Dude, well, I did watch the other movie that we'll talk about later, maybe yes. another episode. But I'm going to go through each one yeah, of yeah. these really go, quick. Go through each one briefly, of these. Briefly. And then you can kind of interject and tell me what you think of these little stories okay. that I tell. But in the second story, it's called uh, Fuck. It's not fuck. called Fuck. I like Fuck. It's called Tomie Another Face. And it's really kind of just like an anthology movie. So okay. it has like three parts in it. Okay. So it just kind of kicks off. That there's another Tomie, completely different looking girl than the first movie. And she's uh, manipulating some other dude. And you kind of find out that she's um, 
that she can't be killed, really. I mean, you know that in the first one, but they kind of get into more of the story a little bit. So um, this guy named Takashi, uh, Tomie's boyfriend, he begins like kind of, it's like the beginning of the movie, they find Tomie dead in the trash, and then she walks up and everyone freaks out. Uh. And apparently he killed her, but you don't know that right away. Okay. So the first the first time, because she wanted to break up with him. But you find that out through the end of the story, and then nonsense. And then there's like this uh, Miki, uh, who's Takashi's uh, first girlfriend that he was with. And it sounds like this like total like kid drama, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it is kind of a little hard to swallow um, for me personally. Like it just felt like too lovey. Oh, like yeah. you know, like oh, why is she breaking up with me? Mm-hmm. Like I just I didn't feel the horror element, but uh, some the horror of, element. Yeah, there wasn't. But there were some parts that really, like, these little tidbits that, like, you get in some of the movies <laughs> where they, like, kill people and stuff, and you get this little little taste. But anyway, so that one's that story. I, I think Takashi hears her talking shit about him and throws her off a roof, and, like, yay, the end of that story, I think. Then the second story revolves around this, like, photographer. Okay. And he's, like, taking pictures of this one girl that he's obsessed with that he saw when he was, like, younger or something. Okay. And he's like, it can't be the same girl because she would be older now. It she must be her daughter. She would be older, obviously. Well, because that's the thing. She never ages. Oh, okay. So, like, if someone, like, killed her years before... Okay. I don't know. Anyway, he finds out in the movie that there's two Tomies, essentially. She manipulates him and tries to make him do all these things. But every picture that he takes of her, it's, like, whited out. You can't see her face. Huh. So it's almost like she's like a dark spirit or something. Oh, that's kind of like cool that. actually. Yeah, I mean it's it kind of reminds me of like Shudder or something like yeah. that. Yeah, dude. Uh the third story they discover Tomie can't die and when she does uh she dies, she multiplies. So there in each of these stories by the way there's this eye patch guy. <laughs> really cheesy eye patch looking dude that's like following her around in all the stories and he just has like a little bit part He's like but a in the, creeper yeah he kind of you just don't know who he is you're like oh okay there's a guy with an eye patch He's a rapist but in the third and of the th- anthology in the second movie he tries to kill her and then the boy he saves the boyfriend from dying or something like that and um they burn her and she turns into like ash and then all the ash you mean ash from like evil dead no Nothing is cool. <laughs> but like they put, they put her in this fucking furnace and she burns up into ash. And then uh, Freddy Krueger comes out? No. No, Freddy Krueger's not in this, Mike. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm stretching You're on giving the, me shit! I'm stretching on I'm the I'm trying jokes, to get dude. through these. <laughs> okay. uh, Bad humor. Bad humor. <laughs> but the ash blows up into the air and you can see her face in the ash. And she's like, ah, ha, 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 all oh. you did is every single particle that is me now is a Tomie. Oh. So that's like the first time you really figure out how fucking batshit this can get. Okay. And then when we see the third movie, there's like, <laughs> that's when it gets really body horror, like really weird. Like what? What are some of the weirdest fucking parts in the third one? Uh, like there's this kid that looks like she's pregnant and they're like operating on her. Does she have, just have to take a big shit? <laughs> no, they don't know what it is. They think it's a tumor. Uh. And they do, like, scans on her. And when they cut her open, it's, like, Tomie's face. And what it's her fuck? eye, like, looking around, like, all like, crazy. Out of, the, out of her fucking belly? Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's kind of weird like that. Like, And I was like, oh, yes, this is good. Like, it's getting good now. And I got excited about it. And then they start talking. <laughs> and you're like, I don't understand any like, of this. 
<laughs> well, it's like it just feels like um, it just feels like they're um, I don't know they're like trying to get too in depth into the story. Oh, okay. Or more, not necessarily the story of Tomie, but the mm. story of each character, and that's kind of like their thing. Like, there's a lot of talking. Yeah, and it's it's very like. And I wonder, too, how much is... sprinkled in weird parts. That's yeah. all I can say. Well, I was going to say, too, like, being that it is uh, subtitled, right? I wonder, because I know exactly what you're talking how about. How it mistranslates? But I, yeah, I wonder how much of it is that. Like, Well, it, and like in Uzumaki, they kept calling it the vortex in the subtitles. Yeah. yeah I mean, right. I don't speak Japanese, so... But yeah, but that's, that's actually what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't know how much is uh, weirdness and how much is uh, mistranslation. I don't know. I mean, it's... It, I've well, noticed that when they say words, they say it kind of backwards. Yeah. So they say the last word that we would understand in English, like if we said it linearly, oh, yeah. they say it backwards. And it's almost like when you say, they say the first part, the last person, or their, instead of saying their full name, they go, like, I would be Alex King. In the stories, they'll say King Alex. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like but you're not a king. Yeah, oh, I am. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, we're just making shit up. All right. We have, we have no education. <laughs> I read a book once. No, I've read several. It was called uh, The Yellow Pages. <laughs> <laughs> it was called uh, uh, Green Eggs and Ham. It was a good one. A lot of words. Good. Go ahead. <laughs> but no, in Tomie 3, they actually get a little creepier and weirder. Like, there is a lot more that is going on in that movie. It's called Replay, by the way. Is it a lot more body horror stuff in this one? Yeah, it's it's trippier. Cool. Like, but there is long gaps in between the trippy shit. Okay. I, I, I just wanted to see, um, I wanted to, I, like, I get the atmosphere and, like, the vibe that they're trying to go for, but I just feel like it just needed a lot more. Oh, okay. Um, but Replay also has another scene where there's, like, he cuts her head off, like, one of the guys, there's a couple, I can't even think of their names offhand, but he cuts off one of the, he cuts off Tomie's head, and then her body just stands there. And then under her neck, like where the bone would be, her head just, she grows a new head. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's kind of cool at the same time. I like to grow head. <laughs> and then in the fourth one, which is Rebirth, it, it has some of that weird elements. Um, I, I, I kind of like some of them. Like, did did it have well, did it have any standout moments for gore and whatnot? Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, this one did have some cool parts. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. I just needed to read this, but I'll read it to you guys. Uh, he uh, murders this uh, art student. Murders his model Tomie when she slices up one of his paintings. Later on at a party, Hideo and his friends notice a girl who happens to have a facial mole in the exact same spot as Tomie. Soon, Hideo is missing, and two friends notice that this girl is starting to look more and more like Tomie. Everywhere they go, she seems to follow them. And when she does, strange things happen. But yeah, this kid paints this painting of her. She huh. slices it up and laughs. And he's like madly in love with her. Huh. So then he kills her. He just stabs her to death. And then his friends walk in and they're like, hey, what's up? Uh, what, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like hugging it and smiling. Well, like he, the dead body. He's hugging a corpse? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty hot. <laughs> but... After she slices up the painting, he, like, uses her blood to, like, paint a new painting, and it's, like, two faces, and, like, one of them's melting off. Huh. I don't know. It gets kind of weird. Like, the painting comes, she, like, comes out of a painting at one point and starts, like, she never kills anybody, by the way. 
Weird. Like, okay. I don't think she starts killing anybody until the later movies. Hmm. Um, but the really weird body horror, and it's pretty kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Uh, the fifth one was called The Forbidden Fruit, and it, it basically centers around uh, Tomie again, and she meets this girl whose name is Tomie as well. And her father named her Tomie. And you find out that Tomie, the, the demon, yeah. had known her father. But Tomie befriends the little girl named Tomie, huh. who's like her friends, all these people pick on her, nobody likes her, and she has no friends. She befriends her to make her love her, which is new because they never make girls love her. Huh. So she like tries to like manipulate her, and then at the same time, she's manipulating the dad, and she tries to get her dad, who knew her when she was younger, uh, like when Tomie was like manipulating other people, and then he got to see her raped or something. I can't remember. Huh. But like he, he, um, she tries to manipulate him into killing his daughter. Interesting. And then he doesn't kill her and kills Tomie, and then she comes back. And then the girl like feeds the head, and there's like this weird guppy looking head body. <laughs> and she throws it off a building, and like she comes back again. And I think it ended that they froze her in an ice block, and then <laughs> I don't know, she ran off with the dad or something. I don't fucking know. But I got, I was like, okay, I've gone this far. I've watched five movies. If I had to pick some of the best ones, I would say three and four were probably sort of my favorite ones of those five. Okay. They did do uh, four more movies after that. Really? There was Tomie Beginning, The Beginning, which I think goes back to early Tomie. And then they do Tomie Revenge, which I couldn't find. I couldn't get. I couldn't get it in time. And then they do Tomie versus Tomie, because there's like a... Um, what the story is about that is that all these girls like idolize Tomie now. And they're trying to be her. And in order to become her, they have to drink her blood huh. to live or something like that. Or they deteriorate. Something like that. And so then they fight Tomie, try to kill her. It's, it's kind of weird. Then they did another one, which might be a little bit more up your alley and you might want to check out. And you don't need to know the whole Tomie story, yeah. even though I just told it to you pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Tomie Unlimited is the newest one. It came out in 2012. And they consider it to be the most gory um, Tomie movie ever. Huh. So, and that one's much more fast-paced. And the girl who plays Tommy Anna is pretty fucking... She's... The, every girl that's played her, fucking you start to hate her. Like, you just can't stand her. Like, she's such a bitch and manipulative. <laughs> and she always has this fucking, like, laugh about her that's just like... <laughs> and it's like, Christina was like, I just want to punch her. <laughs> but I don't know. I've told I was told that the Tomie comics are amazing, so I'm gonna try to go back and read those. If you guys agree that I should read those, Chime I will in. definitely read them anyway. But now there is another movie that you didn't see. It was called Long Dream. Oh yeah, I did not see it. The Long Dream, which I had, and I apparently I only have the Region Two of it, and my Region uh, Free DVD player is fucking fucked, and then we couldn't find that. So it's been a wonderful Junji Ito episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, we got other, other movies. Well, we got we got Uzumaki. Uzumaki, yeah, which I did watch. Uh huh. Ha uh, ha. I think that one's the best one out of the ones I saw. It 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 felt, uh, and I was kind of telling you, I don't know a lot about the Japanese culture, but it felt, 
And and this sounds fucking stupid to say. No, you were saying something about the the, the spiral and everything. Yeah, it felt extremely Japanese. Yeah. Uh, I mean, conceptually. Okay. You know, uh, with the spiral and the the reoccurring theme of the spiral. Uh, and I don't know if there's any specific good correlation between the Japanese culture and the spiral. Not to mention, like, I thought maybe it had to do with the Fibonacci sequence. Oh, yeah, because um, there's a spiral with that. Yeah, because yeah. that's what that is, a spiral. Because I, I like the concept of spiral, spiral, spiral. And if you guys aren't sure what Junji, what this movie is, it's Uzumaki, which also translates to spiral or vortex in some occasions. But it's yeah. technically called spiral in America or wherever. But they call it, it's Uzumaki. Yeah. People get obsessed with this spirals in this small town suddenly. And, like, it gets worse and worse. And the more obsessed you become with spirals, the more that you want to become a spiral. It's almost like a demonic force. Yeah. That's, like, pulling you to be obsessed with this shit. Like I said, that's why it reminded me of Fibonacci. Because uh, it's, like, it's it's this kind of, like, force that's out there. And and, and to some degree, very... uh, It's got a life of its own. Well, I was going to say, kind of almost like Lovecraftian. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, uh, like, speaking of uh, Cthulhu... Okay. Because the whole idea behind behind the, the Call of Cthulhu is that like there's all these things out here that you aren't supposed to correlate. And once you correlate them, you start to go crazy. So it's almost like once you start having the ability to see spirals, uh, yeah. it starts affecting you and you right. start becoming Once you start delving in that dark realm. Yeah. And that's kind of what I had the, the feeling with. And that's why I, I kind of dug on it. I thought, I it, thought it was really cool. And I, a lot of people, I it didn't do well, apparently. Huh. And it's not our like hugely popular movie or anything. But I, before I knew who Junji Ito was, yeah. that was the first movie I saw. And I got it when it came out. Like, I, I actually went out and bought the Region 2 DVD of it. Oh, wow. What were some favorite moments that you liked in that? Like, what, what really caught your eye? The the girl with the crazy uh, spiral hair. Right. I thought that was kind of cool. And that was in the manga. Yeah. Like, she had a separate story. Yeah. Movie 1 is kind of like just a smaller version of the volume one of the Uzumaki series. There's three. And all of them have like separate little stories that all connect together. And one of them took place after the end of this movie. After the end of the movie, it was the spiral hair girl. Oh, yeah. And she had this whole like story. I just remember like uh, visually was stunning. Right. You know, I mean, aesthetically. I mean, in the, the whole film in general... Like, uh, I mean, it was kind of subtle, and it was one of those films where, like, it was a slow burn. Right. It took a while for it to kind of ramp up. Sure. But that's kind of cool sometimes. I liked it. I I think it's worth watching. For sure. I mean... It's got its slow moments, but if you can make it through Tomie, this is way faster paced. Well, not only that, but, like, uh, certain films from certain cultures from certain countries Mm -hmm. really encapsulate that culture. Right. And I think this this one felt pure, or uh, pretty pure. Right. For Japanese culture, so well, it came out in two thousand too. Okay, yeah. So, so there was no cell phones. Or, I mean, there was, but yeah. But I mean, outside of manga, it 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 felt like it sounds stupid to say to say like, oh, it felt like a Japanese movie because no, right. technically it was, but it, it did have that kind of pure feeling, which I thought was fucking cool. Well, there was a couple really like one of the big things I liked in the movie was the intro music. Oh yeah, it was fucking awesome, and it, yeah, I feel like it felt so familiar to me. But it it wasn't like familiar to me, but it just had this really cool music to it, where they sh- you know where they show the spiral staircase. Oh yeah, where the dude fucking dead. where his head yeah. slid open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a kind of a cool part. It almost reminded me of Vertigo. Oh yeah, I guess so, huh? I mean, I I don't I've never actually. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's not exactly like it, obviously. But it, the spiral staircase, it, 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 it brought images of it. It has some pretty good uh, cinematography. Yeah. Um, some pretty good shots, I think. Yeah, they definitely took their time. I like the snail kids. I also like that one kid that jumps out and he like gets so frustrated. He tries to scare this girl to get her attention. Uh-huh. He's like, I keep. He's like, did I scare you? Ha ha ha! And she like hates him. Oh he, yeah. He's like madly in love with her, and he's trying to like win her over. <laughs> and he's like, Tomie, I will never forget you. And then he jumps in front of a car, and he gets his body wrapped around the wheel like a spiral. Oh yeah, dude, and it fucking tears. That him was up. pretty badass. And they looking. just keep like showing like fucking his fucking Torah body. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was kind of gory. That was kind of cool. The other thing I liked about the movie is that there was a lot of attention to detail. I looked up some of the trivia stuff on IMDb about Uzumaki. Okay. And they had... Remember, like, everything that they did had a six or a nine involved? Oh, yeah. Like, when they're in the hospital, they go yeah, to room yeah. six. Or, I mean, they go to the room six or nine or something like that. I think it's 69 on room six. Or on floor six, excuse me. All the license plate had sixes and nines, which are close to a, a spiral. Yeah. Like, there was so many spiral references in the movie that literally it just starts to get so much. Like, I like that he did that. I think that the director did a good job with that. And in a lot of ways, it's very similar to the manga. And I don't know why people didn't like it. Yeah, I I don't know either. I mean, granted, I didn't read the manga, but uh, the film was was fascinating. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I I have no complaints about it. I I don't mind watching that every year. Like, I like it, because it's just, it's just different. Yeah. And I wish they made more movies like that, you know? I just like to be in that Junji Ito world. But if you have, if you did like that, I urge you to read the Uzumaki series, because it gets so fucking batshit crazy towards the end. <laughs> like, the whole world's like a spiral, and there's like just like dead bodies, like slug people, and <laughs> everything. It's just crazy, man. But man, I I really like some of his stuff, and I'm I've got like all the horror stuff that he has. So oh, I'm gonna yeah. start reading that. So if you guys have any suggestions for movies that are similar to it, please sound off in the comments. Like we really we're open to like weird shit for sure. At least I am. <laughs> I'm always you, open for weird shit. You ended up because we weren't sure if we were going to do Asian cinema or Junju Ito. Yeah. So you ended up watching. I was like, because I was like telling him, I was like, we need to watch some movies. So start watching. I know. I, I fucked up. Because, uh, well, I didn't really fuck well, we up. We didn't know. We didn't know uh, what yeah, we were oh, going to yeah. do. So uh, well, I'm going to do another shot here. <laughs> do it up, buddy. But I watched what could have been the greatest movie ever created on the history of the planet. <laughs> I highly doubt that. It is fantastic. <laughs> what movie was that? Uh, hold on. I got to do the shot. So what movie did you watch? I watched Zombie Ass. Toilet of the Dead. This is a movie we talked about in one of the previous episodes, by the way. Danger. We didn't talk about it in depth. We just briefly a blip. Danger. Danger. This is only a podcast. Only a podcast. (laughs) When they say that in the trailer, it's like, if you guys, we'll put the trailer in in a link below uh, in the information, but you got to watch it. He's like, Danger. It is only a movie. He doesn't say a movie. He just says, only movie. (laughs) Or something like that. It honestly, like, honestly, I really did like it. Yeah, well, I, mean, I have to watch it again now because you made you you made such a big deal about it. <laughs> well, there's actually a few things about the film that I liked that I legit. I mean, first of all, like, don't go into this movie thinking you're going to see Lawrence of Arabia. It, it's, <laughs> well, the way it, you talk about it's it, it's called Toilet of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, I think they get the point on that. Yeah, 
Well, I, I I think people like sometimes expect like this fucking you know massive movie. It it really felt like, and this is not knocking trauma in any way. Right. It felt like a trauma movie that was well written and had a good budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they and they think they used actual uh, f- uh, film for it. They it wasn't like have. a film look process or anything like that. I'm not sure. They might have digitally uh, brought it in and then done some stuff. Some oh, they could. I mean, well, obviously they had all the the fart effects in post or whatever. Yeah, the yellow fart. <laughs> what I and and like this is me like overanalyzing a movie that was yeah, like that a, should not be like an hour, an hour and a half fart <laughs> fart joke. Uh, no, there's a movie that's an hour and a half long out fart joke. <laughs> it's called Swiss Army Man. <laughs> and you need to watch that. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't mean to take it off the subject here, man, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, it's all good, dude. But I'm not even going to go into about it, but it literally is an hour and a half long fart joke <laughs> that makes you want to cry at the end. Oh. I'm not joking. It, it is it, so uh, odd and so sentimental. It is the weirdest combination. It's actually worth a watch. I don't know yet if I'll own it, but check it out. But anyway, continue. Okay, okay. What I was going to say is like... Um, it remind and, and like this is me like sometimes when I watch movies and I I, I think about them and I overanalyze them, I make weird connections that really shouldn't be connecting. <laughs> you know, it, it it had elements of Fulci. Okay, this is and this is what I'm talking about. Fulci's the kind of guy that like uh, his movies didn't have very good character development. Okay, they didn't have good story. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, but when he had gore. Uh, there, it was unflinching. It did not turn away. Right. Like, if there was gore, it's he was like, fuck you, you cocksucker. You're going to watch my gore. Well, yeah, and the atmosphere of his shots and stuff like that, too, were really cool. Yeah. Zombie Ass was like, I felt like the director w- hey, was doing the kind of the same thing. Right. And, like, oh, here's an example. There's this the first sequence where the chick is like, she eats the parasite, and she starts farting really bad. <laughs> and uh, it, it literally, I, I really wanted to go back through and watch the movie and count how many farts were in the whole movie. Anyways, it's probably a drinking game waiting to happen. <laughs> Every time she farts, take a drink. Yeah. But uh, so she goes into the fucking toilet and she goes to squat down to fucking take a shit. It doesn't show her pussy because you know because <laughs> we don't want to go there. That's that's too extreme. <laughs> but it it shows her butthole like three times or something. You, you literally see her butthole, and That's then you so weird. Well, I like buttholes. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Well, they, yeah, they probably can't show it in, in wherever. Oh, they're at. I was gonna say it could be. That's probably why they didn't show pussy. It was like all blurred out. <laughs> the, the vag was blurred out, but they, they literally showed her butthole. I saw, it. and, uh, and then they showed the dude coming out, fucking of the, the toilet, and all the turds falling off of his face. <laughs> and when he goes to grab her ass, he doesn't just grab it; he starts smacking it. And there's another... been a while. That's right in the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like right out the bat. I, I vaguely remember that part. And there's another sequence where one of the tapeworms, uh, uh, parasite monsters, mm-hmm. rips out of somebody's butthole because that's how that's what it has to do with the movie. But it physically shows it like coming out of a fucking like a butthole. <laughs> well, and that's what it's I like thought was cool. Squeezing itself out, basically. Yeah. The director was like, "Fuck you! I want you! I want to show a butthole." And then uh, so this is why it made it the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> oh no! There is a sequence where she gets dropped from the sky, and uh, she's falling to her death. Sailor okay. Moon, and she starts farting, and she uses her farts as a rocket engine. That's right. <laughs> so she doesn't hit the ground. Yeah, she uses like a fighting engine for fucking farting and shit. A farting engine. <laughs> 
God. It was. It's like a party movie. Right. You know, I could see like if a bunch of people over, you're getting you know some food and some pizza, some beers. <laughs> throw it on. Yeah. You, Watching you know, shit come off of people's faces. <laughs> yeah. That's totally eating. If you're like, if you're like farting. <laughs> yeah. Well, the director is Noboru Iguchi. It looks like he did do an episode in the ABCs of Death, Machine Girl. Oh, cool. Robo Geisha. Oh, Robo Geisha. That's what I was thinking about. Which I've seen all of these. Bad butt. <laughs> <laughs> and he's really... You wouldn't talk about fetishes. It seems like it's an ass fetish. <laughs> he did Dead Sushi, which I watched that one. That's the one I kept thinking of. I was like, is it Sushi Girl or something? Oh, he did Tommy A Unlimited. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, totally relevant. Wow, that totally fits right there. And he did it directly after Zombie Ass. Oh. I was funny. I was like, I'm going to look up and see which one that was. <laughs> but yeah, guys, overall, what I have a feeling of, and I've seen The Long Dream, which is actually not a bad movie. Overall, I'd say Uzumaki is my winner for after watching all of those. Although, uh, if you're just in for the gore and the weird aspect, highly recommend watching Tomie Unlimited. I think it's probably a little bit more for those that have a shorter attention span, maybe. Okay. Uh, it is way more gorier. It's like way gory. Yeah, I don't know. I think the mangas are probably the best way to experience Junji Ito after uh, watching the movies. But seeing it visually on a film, Uzumaki, was really great. I'd still say that the, the manga is probably the way to go. Okay. Because it goes so much further. But yeah, man, it's great to have another cast. I'm glad we're still here. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I recommend Zombie Ass, Toilet of the Dead. Yes. <laughs> no. Although uh, Uzumaki was, was cool. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's a weird cool. gem. It's I, I dug it. I mean, it it like I was saying. It I think it really encapsulates the the culture. Yeah, no, it's but it's cool. I'm definitely gonna check out Zombie Ass again. But uh, our next podcast, <laughs> we haven't picked topic yet. We're gonna start watching some movies and then we'll like really get into it. If you have a choice, sound off in the comments, please. But if you guys haven't already, follow us on Horror Amino Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever. Also, if you guys are fucking super fucking awesome, please give us a review on iTunes. Oh, sure. Or any of the podcast hosting places. Yeah. Uh, because if you do, it bumps our podcast up and we get more uh, attention, which means we can do more giveaways and things like that. So. Also, it bolsters my ego. <laughs> yeah, it makes me have a huge dick. <laughs> well, just remember, guys, if you see a spiral... Spinning around and around and around and around 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 and around and around and around around. Get the fuck out of there and don't don't look at it. Don't look at it. Get away from the fucking spirals, you crazy motherfuckers! Anyway, thanks for coming by, guys. Yeah, and and remember, this is a Beyond the Veil horror podcast. Just remember that. Write that down. Just to make sure we, we got that down. <laughs>